You are listening to Your Blessed Life Podcast, episode number eight. I kept going through verse and chapter and verses and stuff, and everywhere I went, I just would see this theme coming over and over and over again. God is the provider. God is Jehovah Jireh. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. And I just held on to that for about a year and a half until absolute, complete breakthrough happened. Let the stories and teachings of today's top Christian leaders inspire and move you to releasing God's best for your life. With your host, best-selling author and certified Christian life coach, Jay Marsh. Welcome to Your Blessed Life. Well, welcome to the show. Are you already part of Bless Nation? If not, stop by. Visit us. Come by yourblesslife.com and join us for regular insights, teachings, and resources that will bless your life. Come join Bless Nation today. Hey, it's Jay Marsh here, and it's great to be here with you today. And I want to welcome you to Your Bless Life. So let's get right into the show. So our featured guest today is a friend and a man by the name of Ed Rush. So Ed, brother, it's good to have you on the show, man. What's up, Jay? Glad to be here, man. I have been downstairs in the basement drinking coffee and doing push-ups for the last six hours ready for this interview, man. Oh. So I'm pumped up. Well, that's awesome because <laughs> I was upstairs doing sit-ups, so we complimented yeah. each other really well. Actually, that's not true at all. I slept in this morning. <laughs> so... But I wanted to give the visual imagery of, you know. Well, man, I, pre- I appreciate that. And, you know, I know we've been trying to connect lately. I know you've got some exciting things going on that you're working on with Mike. And I, in fact, I want to hear about that stuff a little bit later. But you know what I want to do right now, Ed, is I want to introduce you and share some of the things that I know about you to Bless Nation. And then at the end of it, kind of fill in the gaps for me. Let me know if I, what I missed. So I know that you're this I don't know, four-time author. I mean, how many how many best-selling books do you have now? Four, I wrote uh, four books. Yeah, four number one best-selling books. I wrote, actually wrote six books, but the other two are in a, in courses that I sell online. So yeah, the, the, really four. Okay. Well, I know I've re- I've read three of them myself. I know that you're a best-selling author. I also know that you're a awesome speaker. In fact, I just want to digress for just a minute. When we met the first time, which was just a little bit over a year ago, I got to hear you speak on leadership and on marketing. And I've heard a lot of presentations and I've given a lot of presentations and I've hung around a lot of guys who speak for a living. And that was one of the best leadership. And I've told this, I'm not just saying this because you're here. (laughs) I've always wanted to tell you this. That's one of the best presentations I have ever seen on leadership and marketing. Dude, thanks for that, man. I appreciate it. One of the things I do with the folks I work with is I ask them the question, what what makes you come alive? You know, where does your brain really like kick into gear? You wake up in the morning, you're super excited to do this one thing. Yeah. And uh, for me, that's speaking. I, I just, I, I love it. My, I think I come up with great ideas when I'm on stage. It's really free form. And uh, so thanks, man. I appreciate that. I love, yeah. love doing that. You, you know, that's something that I pride myself on, constantly learning to be a better speaker and a better mm. communicator. And you really are both. You're a, not only a good communicator, but you're a good teacher. And I hope I get an opportunity to, to hear you speak again. Yeah. Soon. Thanks. Wow. This interview is going great, man. You can just keep complimenting me and I'll like, I'm just going to roll <laughs> well, with hey, it. It's, it's true. <laughs> you know, and, and this platform gives me an opportunity to, to connect with you and let you know things that I've been thinking about for yeah, that's cool. In this case months on end. That's cool, man. So, you know, I want to, I want to kind of backtrack just a little bit. So I know you've written four books. In fact, 
there's a couple of books that are very relevant to our audience here at Blessed Nation. But I realize that you also wrote a Christian book called Warrior. Yeah. Would you mind just taking a second and telling us what that book's about? Yeah, it's a pretty simple theme. And it really came to me from some time that I was just spending with God, asking him about what he wanted me to do next and what to write. And, and I feel like he just told me, hey, I want you to write a book about me. And I want you to write a book about how I fought my battles. And so what I did was I spent a bunch of time in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then through the epistles and also through Acts and Revelation, and just sort of thematically looking at how did Jesus fight the battles that he fought. And dude fought a lot of battles. I mean, he fought with the Pharisees and he fought with demons and he fought his battle at the cross and, and in front of the Jewish leaders. And so you find this man who is just setting his face. And there's a verse in Mark that just says, he set his face towards Jerusalem. And you just see this person who's just on a mission, even though he he was a friend. He was just a fun guy to be around um, and just a good person, somebody that you would want to have a have a meal with. He was on a mission, you know. And so as I read through those books, I found some themes that popped up. In Matthew, it was the theme of the kingdom. In Mark, it was the theme of uh, your mission. In Luke, it was the theme of this power and authority. In John, there was a theme of timing. And then throughout all of the gospels, there was this theme of, of suffering. But you come to the very end and you meet Jesus again in Revelation and you find this theme of, of victory. And so what you see is so interesting when this came through. What you see is it's almost like this, this pattern of almost every person who follows God, which is yeah. you come into the kingdom, you get a mission, you get some power and authority to walk in what God's called you to do. You learn timing. You know, you're kind of just first sort of going your own way, but then you learn strategic timing. You do go through suffering. We all do. And then eventually when you press through that, you end up victorious. And the book was written in those six sections, if you will. And so what I do is just walk through, here's the here's what Jesus did, and then make some points to each of us. And it was thrilling. It was probably, I wrote it in seven days. It was probably the most exciting seven days I've had in a really long time. It was, it was a lot of fun. Wow. How exciting when you read something to be able to quantify it and assign it a place that resonates with us in everyday life. You know, like you said, in fact, what was that second one? I got kingdom, mission, timing, suffering, and victory. What was the yeah, second kingdom, uh, mission, power and authority was power Luke, authority. Luke okay. was the third one, uh, timing, suffering, and victory. And in that order, I just, again, I, I didn't do this on purpose. I kid you not. It was, it was probably four months after I wrote this book, I was getting ready to go do a talk at a church. And I, I looked at how those six were in line and I go, man, that's like the story of my life. It's like, it's laid out perfectly. And the suffering thing was by far the hardest thing to write about because who wants to write about that? But what I realized is most believers get stuck in this thing where we're like, we're just always suffering, you know, we're just always like suffering. And the point isn't the suffering. The point is the victory after the suffering Amen. because God creates something inside of you that is truly new and different. So if you struggle with pride, which I certainly have had massive struggles with well on the other side of suffering suffering you end up with humility if you struggle with hearing god on the other side of suffering you, you hear god and you know if you suffer with struggle through physical health problems on the other side of that you end up with uh, vitality and so there's just this theme of breakthrough that we miss because we've heard so many sermons on suffering but not enough sermons on victory and so you got to get through suffering but when you do that you get these really neat three chapters at the end of a warrior which talk about victory which is what we're all after in my opinion. Man, that that is so awesome. And it's such a perfect fit really for the platform of this show. You know, it's in those moments of suffering and struggle when we're we're really refined and we're sharpened and we are prepared for what's on the other side of that breakthrough. So I'm yeah. going to come back at you here in yep. just a minute. And I want to talk about one of those points. But 
Before we do, I also want to share something with Bless Nation, a little bit about you. Of course, I know that you're a husband, that you're a father of three kiddos, and that you've got this amazing career background. <laughs> represented our country in the Marines. You were an F-18 fighter pilot for how many years was that for? 15, I 20? flew 11 years in the Marine Corps and then two years as a reservist and then uh, spent the last seven years as an inactive reservist. Yes, that's awesome, man. God bless you for representing. Thanks, man. Yeah, and how <laughs> cool to get to represent you know, flying around these multi-million dollar jets. That's awesome. Yeah. I should think uh, your, your audience actually, cause y'all <laughs> paid, paid for it. So, <laughs> so yeah, it, it comes back full circle. Yeah. You know, you talked about going through times of struggle and that's kind of the first pillar that I want to talk about. You know, Bless nation. You know, we go through this show, we talk about faith, we talk about hope, we talk about a promise and there's a lot of awesome things that we could talk to Ed about because of his background. But for today's show, I want to talk about his personal walk in Christ. And so I want to begin that with this pillar of faith. And Ed, you know, we go through struggles in our life and, and, and many of those struggles, maybe all, it's an opportunity for God to really do a work in us and through us. So I'm going to ask you, would you tell us about a time when your faith was stretched a time when, when maybe you were in the proverbial pit. Oh man, just try to figure out which one to pick. So I went through, I'd say about four years ago, I went through a pretty significant financial challenge, which is interesting because I teach marketing and sales and, and business, but there was a, there was just a particular, ugh, it was sort of this, all things kind of came together where business for at least a year and a half just took a gigantic turn. I shut down several businesses. I had a difficult parting with one partner Anyone who's ever shut a business down and tried to do it ethically and take good care of your clients knows it costs you a lot of money to, to close things down. And so I went through, I mean, it was like five years ago. I can't remember the, the time, but I went through a pretty significant income crunch. And like I've learned to do, so this is, I think this is really key. I don't think this is easy to learn, but I, but I do think that once you do it enough times, you kind of hit yourself in the head and go, "Ugh, why didn't I do that? And so what I do now in times of difficulty or suffering, and, and, and I haven't, I'm no stranger to those at this point in my life. I, I was at one point, but I can definitely tell you I've walked through that veil more times than I really would like to admit. And so my, my stance, at least what I try to do now, is our initial reaction when we're in a time of just really difficulty, it could be health, it could be family health, it could be something that somebody said about you, it could be job, it could be finances, it could be anything. You know, we, we all go through these things. And I think we're surprised to find out that everyone else does too. Yeah. But when, when we're in that season, the initial reaction is to, is to be upset, to complain, to get frustrated, to get angry, to start talking to everyone around you and start getting advice from them. And I've learned, and it's taken time to learn this really, but I've learned the first place I need to go to is directly to God. I, I find God will speak into our situations quick, quick, very quickly during suffering if we're willing to listen. His voice is gentle and kind, not condemning and sort of like, you know, this, you did this and this is your fault because the fact is sometimes suffering is our fault, you know, and even with that, he'll still walk through it. So my position lately has been to go, go to God, find out what he's saying about the situation. Then I'll go to my friends and ask for prayer counsel, or I'll just go to him. Now, when it comes to going to God, I'll just tell you something that's totally legal. And we don't do this enough as believers, which is this, if you're upset, if you're frustrated, if you're downright angry, 
it's actually okay to tell him that. Like sure. we get super pious in our prayers, like thee and thou and thy, and like we really kind of, mm-hmm. oh, uh, you know, we just try to re- be really gentle, but then we go off and complain to someone else and God's aware of all that. So there's times, man, when I come straight at it and I'm like, God, I'm angry right now and I'm really frustrated and I got to tell you this, and he's the right person to bring all that to. Because if you bury it deep down inside, it's going to come out someplace else and you might as well do it in your prayer time. So, yeah, so that's what I do. And I had a word from God during that time. It just said he was really clear about it. He just said, I'll take care of you. I kept going through verse and chapter and verses and stuff. And everywhere I went, I just would see this theme coming over and over and over again. God is the provider. God is Jehovah Jireh. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. And I just held on to that for about a year and a half until absolute complete breakthrough happened. I mean, I mean, like I'm talking about like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of breakthrough in a, in a period of just six months, wow. but it took a solid year and a half. And I asked God, why did it take so long? You know, why couldn't he just answer that prayer back in the first month? Like I believed he would when he said, I'll take care of you. I'm like, okay, well, you'll take care of me. I believe that there wasn't a lack of faith, but God showed me was it took that long to really refine my character and just to take away a lot of the idolatry that I had and the holding on to things and the, the pride that I had and being able to create money and make money, you know? And so it just took that time and it was really, I wouldn't ever want to do it again, but I'm really thankful that I did. Yeah. That's a good reminder because sometimes the, I'll take care of you. We're like, well, Lord, I'm kind of expecting that today. And when you're waiting a year, a year and a half, multiple years, you start to question that. But God's timing, have you ever noticed this with you, Ed? God's timing is different than than your own? Yeah, it's not even close. So Never. I mean, there are there are some times when he comes alongside of you with an urgency that that you have too. I mean, you know, the cool thing about our, our relationship with God, and, we, and, and there's really, there's a whole bunch of different ways that we're described as, as related to him in the Bible. I mean, we're called sheep, we're called servants, we're called friends, and we're called husbands or wives or lovers. I mean, he he shows us at least four different ways that he can relate to us. And so there are times when God straight up just partners with you. In other words, you've got an urgency in life. You've got an event, your business, you got something coming up a meeting or whatever. He's aware of that. You're partnering with him on that. So, so there's times when God, yeah, comes right alongside of you and says, Hey, this is the way it's going to roll. We're together on this and we do that. But there's other times where, especially when it comes to just maturing or growing or learning or being disciplined or whatever, where, God's going to do it the way he's going to do it. And you got to be pretty darn cool with that. Yeah. And you got to seize, seize that moment when that time comes up against you. Sometimes we can get the analysis of paralysis and there's a season when it's supposed to happen and we have to act on it. You got that right, man. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a great, great takeaway. And I love that you remind us our roles with God were, we're friends, we're our sheep, we're servants, we're husbands, we're wives. In fact, as a body, we're the bride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's got so many identifications for us of who we are. And sometimes those are more relevant in our lives, depending on the season we're at in our life. Yeah. And I think there's a, an almost a natural progression too. I'm not going to make this formulaic and I, I'm not really big on formula anyway. So it's not like you go first, you're a sheep, then you're a servant, then you're a friend. But I think that God as you draw a closer in intimacy with God. I mean, like when you first, at least me, when I first became a believer, kind of got into church, I was like content with the dumb sheep thing, you know? And then eventually I was kind of content with the servant thing and my prayer life and my journaling, you could just see it. It just, I was relating to God like this. He's here, I'm down here. And like, 
I'm the servant. But lately, I've really kind of been in friend mode, which has been just awesome, like to just be able to walk with God in a, in a really friendly way and in conversational and just have fun and kind of feel him smile. And that's been really cool. So again, I, I don't necessarily think it's has to be chronological, but it's just cool how he relates to us. And I'm, I'm super thankful for that. And yeah. He's frankly a lot more concerned about the issues in your life than you are. That's something I spent some time with him yesterday on. I was I was just kind of reminded, uh, going through a particular difficult situation. I just reminded, yeah, God's thinking about this way more than you are, you know, and that's comforting too. Yeah, and that goes back to your point er- earlier, where he says to you, you know, Ed, I'm going to take care of you. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be all right. And I don't mean this just for this moment or just for this day. I know what you, your needs are. I know the hairs on your head. Yeah. I'm going to take care of you. You know, I've come to learn that, you know, we go through these different seasons in our life, kind of like the one you just shared, these struggles. Sometimes they're, they're a pain. I'm so grateful, you know, for the scripture that says joy comes in the morning. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that segue into that next topic, that next pillar of the show. And that's hope, you know, that mm-hmm. hope for a brighter tomorrow that, you know, you, you talked earlier about that victory, about that breakthrough. So I want to transition and I want to, I want to go into that. So that secure confidence, I guess we could call it that, that we can have in the Lord that carries us through those valleys and through the rough times and actually sees us through to the other side. So I want to ask you if you would share with us a time when your faith, it positioned you for that victory. And that breakthrough, kind of the, so we were talking about the pit. So now let's talk a little bit about the palace. Yeah. So there's an old story of a semin- of a young man in seminary, and he's, he's just going through the gymnasium at seminary. And as he's walking through the gym, he sees the old janitor, the guy's about 75 years old, that's sort of sitting over in the corner. He's got his old tattered Bible. This thing's been used for 30 years. And he's all, all the way at the end. And he's reading the book of Revelation. And I don't know if you've ever met kids who've been in seminary, but they tend to be a little bit on the prideful side when it comes to their theology. This young man walks over and said, hey, what are you reading? And the old janitor looks at him and says, well, I'm reading the book of Revelation. And the young man says, well, I don't want to be rude here, but you're a janitor. How can you possibly understand what's in that book? And the janitor just looks at him and goes, well, it's really simple to understand what's in the book. And the young man says, well, what's your take on it? And he looks at him and says, well, God wins. And I thought, that's a really good story to describe exactly. I mean, we talk about apocalyptic visions and premillennialism and postmillennialism, but really that theme is God wins. In fact, if you read the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, all the way through, the theme is God wins. And when you've got, you have these situations where, like, for example, the, the crossing of the Red Sea with Moses, you have an entire people group hundreds of thousands of people who are literally cornered by the greatest army in the world. And in that night, Moses looks at God and, and, and just prays and God says, you stop talking to me, cross over here and tell, and raise up your staff and tell the people what to do. It was like, it was like, he just said, and Moses told people, all you have to do is be silent and you're going to see your victory. They, he had them so far backed into the corner. And the next morning you look into this, there's not one person left in that army. And so my whole life has been a story of, of like unwinnable victories being won. And the, and the cool thing about that is you can't go, you you can't rest in your pride or your, your, your good works to be able to say that you did that. And so, you know, back onto that financial thing, I kind of told you the, I kind of told you the results, you know, we were, 
I was starting several businesses. We were heavily leveraged in the debt. And at any given month, you know, I would just look at the balance and just go, oh, my goodness. And then a check would come in just barely enough to pay this bill. And then a check would come in just barely enough to pay this bill. But it's fit- it was fatiguing. I remember just sitting down in my office one day and I couldn't even pray. I was just I was just I was just like Jesus. I mean, I couldn't say anything other than Jesus, like, please, just please. And then all of a sudden, boom, it just broke through in such a way that you could have never predicted it and never even seen. I mean, a whole bunch of clients come in and I've got, I end up with like another forty or $50,000 that come in from this one project that we do. It's like everything that was difficult all of a sudden became easy. And what I realized in that moment as I look back was it wasn't easy because you worked hard. It was, and I did. It wasn't easy because you're gifted. And in some, in, in some of these areas, I am gifted. It was easy because in one moment, God was simply withholding and he was doing it for a reason. And in another moment, God gave and he did that for a reason too. And again, the point there is I would have never gotten to that moment. If I had just if I had just given up, if I had whined or complained and been like, you know, it's a Christian's lot to just live in suffering. Right. If I had just stayed in that spot, I'd still be in that spot. And theologically, I'd be going, well, you know, suffering is a part of the Christian life. No, no, suffering is a part of the Christian life. But but right behind that is always breakthrough. It's always breakthrough. Show me a, a show me a story in the Bible where that's not true. Where a man of God is put into a situation where it's almost impassable. Where that person did not come through. Look at Elijah when he's up on the mountain with all, with like hundreds of prophets of Baal. Look at Jesus when he's up on the cross. I mean, the guy died for crying out loud. You think like that's. There's nothing more final than that. Next thing you know, three days again, three days later, he rises from dead. You put Peter in jail, the jail cell opens up. I mean, there's yeah. story after story after story. And that's our theme too. Those stories were written for us, as Hebrews says, it's they're written for us and for our encouragement. And and those are our stories, and that's your story too. So that's that's the thing. Remember back to that. Yes, no question about it. We have total bummers in our lives as believers. Guess what? Welcome to the world. But the fact is, there's victory at the end of those as long as you press through and stay with God, which is super encouraging when you think about it. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. In fact, you you took the words out of my mouth. I like your words better, though. You press through and you stick with God. And I think that is the reason that there are so many of those wonderful break stories in the Bible, breakthrough yeah. stories in the Bible, is he's wanting you to say, remember, kind of what you, you said in the first story is, I'm going to take care of you through all of this. And there is hope for a brighter tomorrow. There is hope for a greater future. And if you hold on to me, you're going to see that breakthrough that you want. And that's yeah. why I think when we put our break, when our, our hope in him and not in a, a thing, he provides more than that thing could ever provide. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I love how good, our man. faithfulness shows up in different struggles in our life. It's reassuring too. So when life happens, you know, that God's willing and able to show up in our life in a big way. So praise God for that. So speaking of praising God, I want to transition into our our final pillar yep. show, Ed, and that's promise. And, you know, praise God, there's a bunch of promises. You know, there's like, I don't know, 7,000 or so promises that he says, these you can count on. These are my truth. These are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So when you think of the promises of God, and, and it could be a, it could just be a regular scripture too, but is there a specific promise or a scripture in your life that maybe through those times of faith and hope, maybe something that's on your heart now that's resonated with you and something that you've leaned on in your life that you could share with us? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll give you, let me give you just an overview in terms of just how I approach this. And this is not new for me, but it's certainly not something I've done my entire life. So I'm actually going to open up to one of my favorite chapters in the Bible while we're talking about this. But while, while I'm saying this, I'll just tell you thematically what I do. There's times when I just read directly through the Bible. I think that's important. There's other times where I'll read certain books or or move along certain lines of, of themes like love or suffering or breakthrough or security or whatever. Sometimes I'll just read through the Gospels. More times than not lately, what I've been doing is just sort of spending some time really quieting myself before God and just allowing him to move me into the scripture that he wants to. And so like right now, for some reason, I've been reading Isaiah 46 and Jeremiah 10, Isaiah 46, Jeremiah 10, Isaiah 46, Jeremiah 10, Isaiah 46, Jeremiah 10. And there's a theme in there about idols and God sort of coming through and breaking uh, the power of idols. And, and that's just been cool for me too. But most of the time, my verse, my like, my like key verse is right. the one that I'm walking in that week, month, or year. And so what I will do is I will typically grab, I'll grab the verse, I'll put it into my phone and I'll take a screen capture of it and I'll put it on my home screen. That way, when I look at my phone, I see it. So for example, right now I've got Isaiah 61. It says the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. So I hit my phone and then there's a, and then I am reminded, okay, that's what I'm thinking about. That's my verse right now. That's what I'm spending time in. And then just about the point at which your eyes get used to that, then I'll switch it. So right now, one of my theme verses, if I, if you will, is Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, your light has come, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, for darkness shall cover the earth. Thick darkness the people, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. And there's just so, so much. I've spent hours and hours and hours on those just three verses. There's just so much in there. Your glory, your light, God's light, God's glory, the nations and darkness and his lightness. There's just a lot there. But I just look at our world right now and there's just a lot of darkness, man. And there's a lot of despair, a lot of a lot of loss, a lot of suffering, a lot of warfare. And and it, the tendency, especially if you watch a lot of news, which I don't, in fact, I don't watch any news, the tendency when you watch a lot of news is to be like, oh my gosh, we're just in really big trouble. And yeah, without breakthrough, we're in really, really big trouble. But we got to remember God still wins. Remember the story of the old janitor, God still wins. And so I kind of look at this really dark planet and I'm, and I'm like, all right, cool. Arise. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Now that's written for Israel, but it's really also written for us too. And I just look at this whole thick darkness is covering the people, but then God takes his lights, which are us, man. It's us. It's our church. It's our churches. It's our ministries. He puts us in places so that there would be a light that would shine. And so my particular calling, as you know, is in the business world, my job is to make people prosperous. And so I've always looked at my, my job like I'm a Joseph. I go in and help people make and create more income for the business, whether they're believers or non-believers. If you have a theological problem for that, go back to Joseph. He helped Pharaoh, who clearly when he first met him, at first, that obviously wasn't a believer, or just look at Daniel. Okay. And so my job is to come in and help make, make people prosperous. And so I use that verse as though, like when I go in and work with a consulting client, I don't witness to them. I don't share the gospel with them. If they ask, I'll answer their question, but that's not what they're paying me to do. I come in and I show them supernaturally in some ways how to create more income in their business so that they can in turn grow their business and see a lot of, I think, the change that we want in the world, poverty, lack of food supply, lack of water supply, uh, warfare, women's rights, all these things. I think a lot of these are solved by entrepreneurs taking action and I'm willing to help them help be the one that builds the entrepreneurs. Yeah, that I and I love how those work in your life each and every day and that you keep those verses in front of you so when you're doing this consulting or whatever your calling is in life, 
they're there to prompt you and guide you. In fact, I, I wrote that down. That's going to be the next thing that I do. I'm big on putting stuff in front of me, speaking it, declaring it, receiving it. You know, it's kind of believe it before you see it. I mean, that's really the epitome of faith. And I think why, that's why the scriptures are so important. So I appreciate you sharing that, that yeah. little uh, tidbit, that little nugget with us. So, Ed, before we roll into the the wisdom round, I'm just I feel like I'm sitting here in front of a fan. You're just like shooting so much good information at me. And I want to invite Bless Nation to do something. Bless Nation, if you've enjoyed this show so far, I just want to invite you to 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 listen to the show on a regular basis. And you can do that easily by subscribing. And it's it's simple to do. In fact, from your mobile device or wherever you listen to the show from, inside that podcast app, there's a purple subscribe button. Boom. Just hit that. It's right on the show page. You'll see your blessed life. You'll see a purple subscribe button. We'd love to have you be there with us next week when we have our next episode. And until then, we appreciate you subscribing. So, yeah, Ed, let's if you don't do that, that, your phone self-destructs in 10 seconds. So, dun, 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 dun. I would do it quickly. <laughs> yeah. It's not true, by the way, but no. let's still it, do it. It's good motivation. Click subscribe. Yeah. So we appreciate your guys' support on that. So, Ed, let's get into the... It's kind of the speed round. It's the nuggets of wisdom round. So, you know, as you're, yeah. as you're thumbing through your Bible a while ago and you're talking about going to some of your favorite verses and some of your favorite books in the Bible, one of my favorite books is Proverbs because it's so actionable and it's so practical as it relates to, you know, putting in to work the ways of God. So this final segment of the show, I want to ask you some short, practical questions that are related to his wisdom. And I want you to share some of that wisdom with us. Can mm -hmm. you do that? I don't know. Let's see. Let's start with yeah, the let's find out. Let's start with the first one. <laughs> all right. And I promise no trick questions on my end. <laughs> all right. All right. Gotcha. So cool. So big or small, can you share with us one thing that's on your heart right now that you're grateful for? Oh man, I'm thankful for food. I am really thankful. So I've been spending time now reminding myself as I eat just in those moments, I'm like, ah, oh, thank you God for food food. So there, so there, it's a, a great way to remind yourself just throughout the day in those little teeny moments, like, ah, oh, this tastes really good. Thank you. Amen. So in a moment that's normally mindless, you can create something that's, that's not. So yeah. Yeah. I love it. So Ed, I want to ask you the next question and that is really, really something that you do and, and maybe you've already alluded to it, but something that you do, it can be on a daily basis. It could be on a weekly basis, but it's something that helps further your personal walk and strengthens that walk in Christ. Would you share yeah. something with us? You got it, man. So this one's easy. In fact, anyone listening, you'll be able to do this fairly quickly. So I find the first moments when I wake up in the morning are super powerful. Most people I know, because they sleep with or next to their phone, the first thing they do is turn on their phone, check through their text messages, check their email. That's in my opinion, the worst way to start a day, like just let the world just throw everything at you in the first minute that you wake up. And so what I do for the first maybe two minutes, maybe maybe it's five minutes, is I just lay in when I wake up, I just lay in bed for a minute. And I just, I just be thankful. I mean, I just thank God for something like this last night, I got a great night's sleep. It doesn't always happen. And I just woke up this morning, I just lay there and I just said, thank you. I'm like, ah, oh, thank you. That was just such a gift. Really good night's sleep. And 
mm, thank you. You know, sometimes I just wake up and I feel great. I'm like, thank you. And sometimes I just wake up and I'm like, Jesus, ah, oh, yeah, just you're great. You know? And so I spend like the first two minutes and it's not long. I spend like the first two minutes just thanking God for something. I knew this, this little practice of mine, Jay was working when I started having dreams and the dream right before I woke up was me being thankful for something. I mean, it was like, it was like my brain really caught this whole, like this whole thing. And it's so easy. And all you have to do for just like two minutes is just resist the urge to like touch your phone or get urgently into action. It just sets your whole body, your mind, your heart into a right place. And, and it's not long. It doesn't require devotional. It just be thankful for something. Man, I love that. And, you know, that's so fitting, Ed, because that's, you know, that's the first question that I always ask in the wisdom round is what are you thankful for? What are you praising God for? Because I'm, I believe with what what you just said, I believe it sets the mind in an expectation mode from there on. Mm-hmm. And it takes over a focus of gratefulness or a focus of all the things that have to be done that come rushing to you in the morning. So man, I, yeah, I love that. I can relate to that. I do something kind of similar to that. So thanks for sharing that with us. Here's the next question for you, Ed, and this can be one of your books or a book that you've read recently. Share with us a book, a Christ centered book that you've read as of late. And it's, it could be in any area of your life, faith, relationships, business, what have you. That's really been a blessing to your life. So, okay. So I'm going to give you a couple. First of all, Wild at Heart totally changed. I mean, even though I couldn't remember it, totally changed the way that I look at God and my relationship with God. It's it's epic, anointed, super great book. Another one from John Alders that I love is called Fathered by God. It's a, it's a big, 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 gigantic eye-opener. I recommend both of those books. I read a book called Dreaming with God. It's by a guy named Bill Johnson. It's just a super cool discussion of our role and our place in the kingdom and what we can do with that. There is another book by somebody actually who's like the accountant at Bill Johnson's church, and it's called Money and the Prosperous Soul. I won't go into too much detail on that book other than to say it is the best book I've read about money. And if you're in business, if you're in a finance, or if you have a bank account and you think about that every once in a while, yeah. Money and the Prosperous Soul is a great book. So there's four just to kind of get you get you going. Cool. Those all sound like really good books. And I'll be yeah. sure to link those up as well as your book, Warrior. I'm going to link all those up in the show notes because I want folks to have access to them. Yes. So Bless Nation, as we come into kind of the close of the show, I'm just reminded of how powerful books are, how powerful our associations are. I, I think back to a time when I heard, Ed, you ever heard of this motivational speaker? I think he's dead now. His name's Charlie Tremendous Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He passed away just a few years ago. Yeah, yeah I, I heard that guy speak years and years ago, and he said this, and it always resonated with me because I think it was already important to me at that at that time in my life. But he said, "You're going to be the same person in five years as you are today, yeah. except for the people you meet and the books you read." Yeah. So that's why it's so important to me to have our guests share. Christ-centered books that have really blessed their life. So thanks, thanks for the hookup on those books there. Sir, so got it, man. Before I ask you the best way to connect with you, I want to know right now what you're most excited about in your life. Tell us, what, what are you working on? What's going on in Ed Rush's life that's cool right now? Yeah, so there's just a couple things. I mean, I'm always kind of in creative mode right now. I just totally revamped my entire landscape online. So my website, edrush.com, has been totally redone. I've got a LinkedIn presence that I actually care about now, and I'm posting articles too. So I have a blog on both of those places where I post some stuff. It's business stuff mostly. That's just fun stuff. And that's 
those are the initiatives that I'm working on. My buddy, Mike Koenig, is my business partner, and I just created a new show, online show called The Mike Koenig Show, which is just a fun business interview idea sort of think tank kind of show. If you're if you're the kind of person that's like really easily offended, don't watch that <laughs> show, okay? But if you don't mind having a little fun and taking the guard down a little bit, then that might be fun for you too. So those are the things we're working on right now. Yeah, I watched a couple of episodes and it's got me relooking at the coffee that I drink. <laughs> You yeah, know, I really enjoyed y'all's episode the other day. We had Pat Flynn on too. So yeah, yeah you guys, that was good. Yeah, y'all bring some quality folks on. So cool. Yeah, the, the best to you on that. And in fact, Thanks, I know in an episode today. So super excited for you on that. Yes, sir. So Ed, I want to thank you so much for taking it, the time out of your schedule to be on the show today. And Bless Nation, I hope that you've enjoyed this show as much as well as much as I have anyway. And and hopefully, Ed, this show has been as much of a blessing to you as it has been to us here at Blessed Nation. So, Blessed Nation, I want to invite you. I know earlier I asked you to, to uh, subscribe to the show. And if you want to share some more love with us, I'd love to ask for a review from you. You know, in that, I, in that iTunes iPod app, just click on the rate and review and tap the number of stars you want. And it'd be a great way for you to show us some love and to support the show. So, Ed, brother, thank you for coming on, man. You got it, man. Yeah, just to follow up on that subscribe and comment thing. You know, I've had podcasts for years. So as you're listening to this, that is definitely a way to get more visibility for, for the show. So if you're at the end of this episode, obviously, it helped you and blessed you. So to get it to other people, one of the ways to do that, that actually helps with the ranking, which is, which is a really cool thing. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad to be on. So thanks for your time. Well, it was a pleasure, man. And thank you for the support with the show as well. And Bless Nation, until next time, remember that God loves you and he wants to bless you.